we now dedicate our production to the Black Lives Matter movement. We ask you to take a moment of silence for all Black lives unjustly taken away, silenced, diminished, and excluded. Now all the youth of England are on fire, and silken dalliance in the wardrobe lies. For now sits expectation in the air, and hides a sword from hilts unto the point, with crowns imperial, crowns and coronets promised to Richard and his followers. But ten days since, Plantagenet was slain by Margaret's blade and Clifford's cruelty. The sons of York, proud Edward and Richard, did scape the battle with their lives. But yet they know not of their princely father's death, nor the slaughter of their brother Rutland, but find themselves in the field of battle, awaiting fair news of their father's health. There is the playhouse now, there must you sit, till ambitious Warwick, maker of kings, come in to tell their fathers sad tidings. I wonder how our princely father escaped. Had he been slain, we should have heard the news. How fares my brother? Why is he so sad? I cannot joy until I be resolved where our right valiant father is become. <sighs> but what art thou? whose heavy looks foretell some dreadful story hanging on thy tongue. Ah, one that was a woeful looker-on, when, as the noble Duke of York was slain, your princely father and my loving lord. Oh, speak no more, for I have heard too much. Say how he died, for I will hear it all. By many hands your father was subdued but only slaughtered by the ireful arm of unrelenting Clifford and the Queen, who crowned the gracious Duke in high despite, laughed in his face, and when with grief he wept, the ruthless Queen gave him, to dry his cheeks, a napkin steeped in the harmless blood of sweet young Rutland by rough Clifford slain, the saddest spectacle that e'er I viewed. Sweet Duke of York, our prop to lean upon. Now thou art gone. We have no staff, no stay. Oh, Clifford, boisterous Clifford, thou hast slain the flower of Europe for his chivalry. Now my soul's palace is become a prison, for never henceforth I shall joy again. Never, oh, never shall I see more joy. To weep is to make less the depth of grief. Tears then for babes, blows and revenge for me. Richard, I bear thy name, I'll venge thy death, 
or die renowned by attempting it. His name that valiant duke hath left with thee, his dukedom and his chair with me is left. Nay, if thou be that princely eagle's bird, show thy descent by gazing gainst the sun. For chair and dukedom, throne and kingdom say, either that is thine, or else thou wert not his. How now, fair lords? What fair, what news abroad? Oh, valiant lord, the Duke of York is slain. Oh, Warwick, Warwick, that Plantagenet which held thee dearly as his soul's redemption is by the stern lord Clifford done to death. Ten days ago I drowned these news in tears. And now to add more measure to your woes, I come to tell you things sith and befallen. Short tale to make. We at St. Albans met, our battles joined, and both sides fiercely fought. Their weapons like to lightning came and went, and we in ours no hope to win the day, so that we fled. The king unto the queen, Lord George, your brother, Norfolk, and myself, in haste, post-haste, are come to join with you. For in the marches here we heard you were making another head to fight again. Where is my dear brother George, gentle Warwick? Some six miles off your George is with the soldiers. Twas odds belike when valiant Warwick fled. <laughs> Oft have I heard his praises in pursuit, but ne'er till now his scandal of retire. Nor now my scandal, Richard, dost thou hear. For thou shalt know this strong right hand of mine can pluck the diadem from faint Henry's head, were he as famous and as bold in war as he is famed for mildness, peace, and prayer. And therefore Warwick came to seek you out. Attend me, lords. The proud insulting queen has wrought the easy-melting king like wax. Their power, I think, is thirty thousand strong. Now if the help of Norfolk and myself will but amount to five and twenty thousand, by fiat to London will we march, and once again cry charge upon our foes, but never again turn back and fly. Lord Warwick, on thy shoulder will I lean, and when thou failest, as God forbid the hour, must Edward fall, which peril heaven forfend. No longer Earl of March, but Duke of York. The next degree is England's royal throne. For King of England shalt thou be proclaimed. Then, Clifford, were thy heart as hard as steel, as thou hast shown in flinty by thy deeds, I come to pierce it, or to give it thee mine. Then strike up drums, God and St. George for us. Welcome, my lord, to this brave town of York. Yonder's the head of that arch-enemy that sought to be encompassed with your crown. Doth not the object cheer your heart, my lord? Aye, as the rocks cheer them that fear their rack. To see the sight, it irks my very soul. Withhold revenge, dear God, tis not my fault, nor wittingly have I infringed my vow. My gracious liege, this too much lenity and harmful pity must be laid aside. Ambitious York did level at thy crown. Were it not a pity that this goodly boy should lose his birthright by his father's fault? Ah, what a shame were this! Look on the boy. 
and let his manly face, which promiseth successful fortune, steal thine melting heart to hold thine own, and leave thine own with him. I leave my son, my virtuous deeds behind, and would my father have left me no more. Ah, oh, cousin York, would thy best friends did know how it doth grieve me that thy head is here. My lord, cheer up your spirits. Our foes are nigh. I would, your highness, would depart the field. The queen hath best success when you are absent. Aye, good my lord, and leave us to our fortune. Why, that's my fortune too. Therefore I'll stay. Be it with resolution then to fight. My royal father, cheer these noble lords and hearten those that fight in your defense. Unsheath your sword, good father. Cry St. George. This battle fair is like to the morning's war, when dying clouds contend with growing light, what time the shepherd blowing of his nails can neither call it perfect day nor night. So is the equal poise of this fell war. To whom God will, there will be the victory. For Margaret, my queen, and Clifford, too, have chid me from the battle, swearing both they prosper best of all when I am thence. Would I were dead. If God's good will were so. For what is in this world but grief and woe? Oh, God! Methinks it were a happy life to be no better than a homely swain, to carve out dials quietly, point by point, thereby to see the minutes how they run. How many makes the hour full, complete? How many hours bring about the day? How many days will finish up the year? How many years a mortal man may live? So minutes, hours, days, months, and years would bring white hairs unto a quiet grave. <laughs> what a life were this! How sweet, how lovely. Oh, piteous spectacle, oh, bloody times. Whilst lions war and battle for their dens, poor harmless lambs abide their enmity. Oh, that my death would stay these ruthful deeds. Oh, pity. Pity, gentle heaven, pity. Was ever king so grieved for subjects' woe? 
Here sits a king. More woeful than you all. Fly, father, fly! For all your friends are fled. And Warwick rages like a chafed bull. Away, for death doth hold us in pursuit. Mount you, my lord. Towards Barrack, post amain. Nay, take me with thee, good sweet Edward. Not that I fear to stay, but love to go. Whether the queen intends. Forward, away. Which, while it lasted, gave King Henry light. And who shines now but Henry's enemies? Come, York and Richard, Warwick and the rest. I stabbed your father's bosoms. Split my breast. Now breathe, we lords. Good fortune bids us pause and smooth the frowns of war with peaceful looks. Some troops pursue the bloody-minded queen that led calm Henry, though he were a king. But think you, lords, that Clifford fled with them? No, tis impossible he should escape. Your brother Richard marked him for the grave, and wheresoever he is, he's surely dead. <gasps> Whose soul is that which takes his heavy leave? See who it is. And now the battle's ended. If friend or foe, let him be gently used. Revoke that doom of mercy, for tis Clifford. From off the gates of York, fetch down the head, your father's head, which Clifford placed there. Instead whereof, let his supply the room. Measure for measure must be answered. And now, to London with triumphant march, there to be crowned England's royal king, from whence shall Warwick cut the sea to France and ask the Lady Bona for thy queen. And having France thy friend, thou shalt not dread the scattered foe that hopes to rise again. Even as thou wilt, sweet Warwick, let it be, for in thy shoulder do I build my seat, and never will I undertake the thing wherein my counsel and consent is wanting. Richard, I will create thee Duke of Gloucester, and George of Clarence. Warwick, as ourself, shall do and undo as him pleaseth best. Let me be Duke of Clarence, George of Gloucester, for Gloucester's dukedom is too ominous. Tut, that's a foolish observation. Richard, be Duke of Gloucester. Now to London, to see these honours in possession. St. Albans Field, this lady's husband, Sir Richard Grey, was slain, his land then seized on by the conqueror. 
Her suit is now to repossess those lands, which we in justice cannot well deny. Your Highness shall do well to grant her suit, and for dishonor to deny it her. It were no less, but yet I'll make a pause. Widow, we will consider of your suit, and come some other time to know our mind. Right gracious lord, I cannot brook delay. May it please your highness to resolve me now, and what your pleasure is shall satisfy me. How many children hast thou, widow? Tell me. Three, my most gracious lord. Twere pity they should lose their father's lands. Be pitiful, dread lord, and grant it then. Then get your husband's lands to do them good. Therefore I came unto your majesty. Why stops, my lord? Shall I not hear my task? An easy task, if tis but to love a king. That's soon performed, because I am a subject. But stay thee, tis the fruits of love, I mean. The fruits of love, I mean, my loving liege. <laughs> Ay, but I fear me in another sense. Why then, you mean not as I thought you did. But, mighty lord, this merry inclination accords not with the sadness of my suit. Please, you dismiss me, either with I or no. I, if thou wilt say I to my request, uh, no, if thou dost say no to my demand. Then no, my lord, my suit is at an end. Say that King Edward take thee for his queen? Tis better said than done, my gracious lord. I know, I am too mean to be your queen, and yet too good to be your concubine. You cavil, widow, I did mean my queen. Twill grieve your grace, my sons should call you father. No more, then why my daughters call thee mother. Thou art a widow, and thou hast some children, and by God's mother, I, being but a bachelor, have other son. Why, tis a happy thing to be the father unto many sons. Answer no more, for thou shalt be my queen. Brothers, you muse what chat we two have had. The widow likes it not, for she looks very sad. And you'd think it strange if I should marry her. To who, my lord? Why, Clarence, to myself. That would be ten days' wonder at the least. <laughs> That's a day longer than a wonder's last. <laughs> well, jest on, brothers. I can tell you both, her suit is granted for her husband's lands. Widow, go you along. Lords, use her honorably. Aye, Edward will use women honorably. Ah, would he were wasted, marrow, bones, and all, that from his loins no hopeful branch may spring to cross me from the golden time I look for. Uh, and yet, between my soldier's desire and me, this Clarence, Henry, and his young son, Edward, and all the unlooked-for issue of their bodies, to take their rooms ere I can place myself. Well, say there is no kingdom then for Richard. What other pleasure can the world afford? I'll make my heaven in a lady's lap. And, and which sweet ladies with my words and looks? Oh, miserable thought, and more unlikely than to accomplish 20 golden crowns. I love forswore me in my mother's womb. And am I then a man to be beloved? Oh, monstrous fault to harbor such a thought. Then since earth affords no joy to me, 
I'll make my heaven to dream upon the crown, and whiles I live to count this world but hell, until my misshaped trunk that bears this head be round and paled with a glorious crown. And yet I know not how to get the crown, for many lives stand between me and home. And I, like uh, one lost in a thorny wood that rents the thorns, and is rent with the thorns, torment myself to catch the English crown. And from that torment I will free myself, or hew my way out with a bloody axe. Why, I can smile and murder whiles I smile, and frame my face to all occasions. I can add colors to the chameleon, and set the murderous Machiavel to school. Can I do this, and cannot get a crown? Tut, were it farther off, I'll pluck it down. Fair Queen of England, worthy Margaret, sit down with us. It ill befits thy state and birth that thou shalt stand while Lewis doth sit. Be plain, Queen Margaret, and tell thy grief. It shall be eased if France can yield relief. Those gracious words revive my drooping thoughts and give my tongue-tied sorrows leave to speak. Now, therefore, be it known to noble Lewis that Henry, sole possessor of my love, is of a king become a banished man, and forced to live in Scotland a forlorn, while proud, ambitious Edward, Duke of York, usurps the regal title and the seat of England's true, anointed, lawful king. This is the cause that I, poor Margaret, with this my son, Prince Edward, Henry's heir, am come to crave thy just and lawful aid. And if thy fail us, all our hope is done. Renowned queen, would patience calm the storm, while we bethink a means to break it off. The more we stay, the stronger grows our foe. The more I stay, the more I'll succor thee. Oh, but impatience waiteth on true sorrow, and see where comes the breeder of my sorrow. What's he approacheth boldly to our presence? Our Earl of Warwick, Edward's greatest friend. Welcome, brave Warwick. What brings thee to France? Aye, now begins a second storm to rise, for this is he that moves both wind and tide. From worthy Edward, King of Albion, I come, in kindness and unfeigned love, first to do greetings to thy royal person, and then to crave a league of amity, and lastly to confirm that amity with nuptial knot, if thou vouchsafe to grant that virtuous Lady Bona, thy fair sister, to England's king, in lawful marriage. If that goes forward, Henry's hope is done. Queen Margaret, and you, young Prince Edward, vouchsafe at our request to stand aside, 
while I use further conference with Warwick. Heavens grant that Warwick's words bewitch him not. Now Warwick, tell me even upon thy conscience, is Edward your true king? For I would loathe to link with him that were not lawful chosen. Thereon I pawn my credit and mine honor. Then Warwick thus, our sister shall be Edward's, and now forthwith shall articles be drawn that Bona shall be wife to the English king. To Edward, but not the English king. Deceitful Warwick, it was thy device by this alliance to make void my suit. Before thy coming, Lewis was Henry's friend. And still is friend to him and Margaret. But if your title to the crown be weak, as may appear by Edward's good success, then tis but reason that I be released from giving aid, which late I promised. Yet shall you have all kindness at my hand that your estate requires and mine can yield. Henry now lives in Scotland at his ease, where having nothing, nothing can he lose. And as for you yourself, our quondam queen, you have a father able to maintain you, and better twere you troubled him than France. Peace, impudent and shameless Warwick. Proud set her up and pull her down of kings. I will not hence tell my talk and tears both full of truth. I make King Louis behold thy sly conveyance and thy lord's false love for both of you are birds of self-same feather warwick this is some post to us or thee my lord ambassador these letters are for you these from our king unto your majesty and madam these for you from whom i know not I like it well that our fair queen and mother smiles at her news while Warwick frowns at his. Nay, mark how Lewis stamps as he were nettled. I hope all's for the best. Warwick, what are thy news? And yours, fair queen? Mine such as fill my heart with unhoped joys. Mine full of sorrow and heart's discontent. What? Has your king married the Lady Grey? Is this the alliance that he seeks with France? Dare he presume to scorn us in this manner? I told your majesty as much before. This proveth Edward's love and Warwick's honesty. King Lewis, I here protest in sight of heaven, and by the hope I have of heavenly bliss, that I am clear from this misdeed of Edward's, no more my king, for he dishonors me, and to repair my honor lost for him, I here renounce him and return to Henry. My noble queen, let former grudges pass, and henceforth I am thy true servitor. I will revenge his wrong to Lady Bona and replant Henry in his former state. Warwick, these words have turned my hate to love, and I forgive and quite forget old faults and joy that thou becomest King Henry's friend. So much his friend, I his unfeigned friend, that if King Louis vouchsafe to furnish us with some few bands of chosen soldiers, I'll undertake to land them on our coast and force the tyrant from his seat by war. I firmly am resolved. You shall have aid. Let me give humble thanks for all at once. Then England's messenger, return in post, and tell false Edward, thy supposed king, 
that Louis of France is sending our maskers to revel it with him and his new bride. Tell him my morning weeds are laid aside, and I am ready to put armor on. Tell him from me that he hath done me wrong, and therefore I'll uncrown him ere it be long. There's thy reward, be gone. But Warwick, before thou go, do answer me one doubt. What pledge have we of thy firm loyalty? This shall assure my constant loyalty, that if our queen and this young prince agree, I'll join mine eldest daughter, my dear Anne, to him forthwith in holy wedlock bands. Yes, I agree, and thank you for your motion. Son Edward, she is fair and virtuous, therefore delay not. Give thy hand to Warwick, and with thy hand, thy faith irrevocable, that only Warwick's daughter shall be thine. Yes, I accept her, for she well deserves it, and here to pledge my vow I give my hand. Why stay we now? These soldiers shall be levied. I long till Edward falls by war's mischance from mocking marriage with a dame of France. Now, brother of Clarence, how like you our choice that you stand pensive as half malcontent? As well as Louis of France or the Earl of Warwick, which are so weak of courage and in judgment that they'll take no offense at our abuse. I suppose they take offense without a cause. They are but Louis and Warwick. I am Edward, your king, and Warwick's, and must have my will. And shall have your will because our king. Yet hasty marriage seldom proveth well. Yea, brother Richard, are you offended too? Not I, no. God forbid that I should wish them severed whom God hath joined together. Setting your scorns and your mislike aside, tell me some reason why the Lady Grey should not become my wife and England's queen. Speak freely what you think. Then this is mine opinion. That King Lewis become your enemy for mocking him about the marriage of the Lady Bone. And Warwick, doing what you gave in charge, is now dishonored by this new marriage. Aye, what of that? It was my will and grant, and for this once, my will shall stand for law. In choosing for yourself, you showed your judgment, and to that end, I shortly mind to leave you. Leave me, or Terry Edward will be king and not be tied unto his brother's will. I hear, yet say not much, but think the more. Now, messenger, what letters or what news from France? What answer makes King Louis unto our letters? At my depart, these were his very words. Go tell false Edward, the supposed king, that Louis of France is sending over maskers to revel it with him and his new bride. Is Louis so brave? Be like he thinks me Henry. But what said Warwick to these injuries? He, more incensed against your majesty than all the rest, discharged me with these words. Tell him from me that he hath done me wrong, and therefore I'll uncrown him ere it be long. Ha! <laughs> Durst the traitor breath out so proud words? Well, I will arm me. Being thus forewarned, they shall have wars and pay for their presumption. But say, is Warwick friends with Margaret? Aye, gracious sovereign. They are so linked in friendship that young Prince Edward marries Warwick's daughter. Belike, the elder, Clarence will have the younger. 
Now, Brother King, farewell, and sit you fast, for I will hence to Warwick's other daughter, that though I want a kingdom, yet in marriage, I may not prove inferior to yourself. You that love me, and Warwick, follow me. Not I. My thoughts aim at a further matter. I stay not for the love of Edward, but the crown. Is my brother Clarence gone to Warwick? Yet am I armed against the worst can happen, and haste is needful in this desperate case. Go, my Hastings, and make prepare for war. They are all ready, or quickly will be landed. Myself in person will straight follow you. Now, Brother Richard, will you stand by us? I, in despite of all that shall withstand you. Why so? Then am I sure of victory. Now, therefore, let us hence and lose no hour till we meet Warwick with his foreign power. 